Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lineup Setters brought to you by Landry Football Network. I am your host, Aaron Mukes, alongside Justin Henry. What's going on, Justin? What's going on, man? Looks like I got the names backwards on this thing today, man. We we switch spots. Hey, sometimes you got to switch it up. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. Week five in the books. Man, uh, we had some sad news this week. We got, we're going to get to that. Um, I, I, you know I'm sad. I know, you know, man. You, I know, you know, I know that you know, one hurt. It, it hurt bad, man. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna get into week six. Another good episode for you guys coming to you. Um, first thing I want to talk about, man. Tuesday night football. First time uh, I've seen it in, in my days uh, yeah. watching football on a Tuesday. It just goes to show you that twenty twenty, you know, is champion again. Uh, cra- crazy year. So, um, how did you feel about having football on a Tuesday? What was that like for you? You know, I'm, I'm glad that they're able to, to just make it work. You know, I think it's kind of the nature of this season. It's how can we just make things work, you know, and get through a football season? We need it. The the teams are ready. And obviously you can tell, um, you know, the teams were out there ready to go. Well, at least one of the teams was out there ready to go. And um, I think it might be something that we see later on with fantasy, too. And so it's just about adjusting, adjusting with whatever league that you have, adjusting with the schedules, making sure that, you know, you have backup plans in case things don't go right. It's funny you said that one of the teams was uh, showing up. It kind of looked like Buffalo uh, was on their normal Tuesday off because yep. they they decided not to show up. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, that, that was my takeaway, too. I, I see one team decided to show up and one team didn't. Yeah, and when you're looking at, you know, things like that, too, it's also going to make for a lot of uh, players that come out of nowhere, too. And I know we had one of those last week that uh, that kind of shocked everybody and, and mixed up the fantasy community now. I, I don't know if it shocked everybody. Well, let's be know, real. Hey, I'm, I mean, right, right here I'm, on the lineup setters, somebody – I'm going to take credit for it. Your name's under my face. Um, <laughs> Somebody, somebody called it. I'm just going to say somebody called it. I might pat myself on the back just a little bit there because, man, Chase Claypool came out swinging last week, man, with four touchdowns. I mean, I didn't expect that, just to be honest. We talked about players that can win you a week or win you a daily fantasy tournament, and I think he was in the lineup that won the million dollars last week in the DraftKings lineup. So, uh, yes, pay attention to the lineup setters because we will provide those gems that you need in order to either win your league or win your daily fantasy and win you some money. Yeah, that Chase that Chase Claypool was uh, just right on point, man. That was, uh, that was a good call by you. You did talk about it last week, and you nailed that one on the head. Um, one thing about week six going into it is you start to see the bye weeks come into play. Yes. How, how that impacts fantasy. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. We got four teams on bye this week. And then obviously we had the big news of Le'Veon Bell getting cut by the Jets and then obviously taking his talents to yeah. Kansas City and the Super Bowl champ. So how, how do you feel like that impact that Le'Veon Bell is going to have and his impact um, obviously in fantasy with, uh, with KC? Man, so I'll make it a two-part thing because I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire obviously is going to be at the – I think he's still going to get his work. 
Now, I think the impact is going to be more long-term because this is a playoff team. This is a team that has championship aspirations. This isn't a team that's just going in trying to figure out who's the running back or getting, um, you know, just getting a backup to take some of the load off. I think this is a matter of can we get somebody in here who understands pass protection? Are we injury-proof? Because right now, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes down, they have no other real true running back, and now they can insert Le'Veon Bell and get the exact same production. Am I worried that LVB will take over the carries at some point? Yes, I am, because I think later on down the season, if they aren't getting the, ex the execution that they need uh, from Clyde Edwards, we're going to see – LVB in the game, making the right plays, scoring touchdowns. So when you're talking week 14 through 16, and if this is somebody, honestly, this is somebody who, if you don't have valued as a RB1, I think you're kind of understating his value. Because if there's an injury or if there's an overtaking to carries, LVB doesn't just become an RB1. He becomes the, the RB1. I, I definitely, I like that point. Um, the, the thing that The thing that I'll say is, Everybody tries to compare it to the LaShawn McCoy uh, situation from last year. Let's let's remember that LaShawn McCoy was in his 30s when yes. he's bring brought over to Kansas City, and Le Le'Veon Bell's not. So no. uh, <laughs> he, he, he's a much younger back, and obviously the uh, the the talent level is still there. So I, I do have concerns with with Ceh going forward. Um, so what we're gonna do we're gonna get into these game previews. We got if you have any questions, drop them live. We'll get to your questions, and then at the end we'll talk about our lineups from last week. I don't really want to because I got destroyed. <laughs> and, but we'll, we'll get into that, and then we'll talk about uh, what we got for this week going on with the with the DraftKings Challenge. Uh, first game I want to go out there, we saw Bill O'Brien leave Houston, and Houston decides yeah. to get their first win. They Brandon Cooks got involved. We saw Deshaun Watson have a much better game. Will Fuller yes. was present. And they take on Tennessee, who comes off the, the beatdown they put on Buffalo, who <laughs> leg, legit right now Tennessee looks – Looks like they, they're they're a solid team, again, um, looking to get back to the AFC Championship game. Um, I want to talk about Derrick Henry in this game and his his great matchup with Houston's defense. I think the, I think Derrick Henry has a huge game here. And then I also I want to talk about Deshaun Watson and what your thoughts are about Deshaun Watson. And has he rebounded now that just Bill O'Brien is gone? Is it, is it that simple? I mean, is that what we were waiting for? Oh, I think you I think you need sometimes a jolt in offense and you need a different eye. You need a different voice. And it seems like they the entire team was getting tired of Bill O'Brien. And I think when you have uh, a different scheme in there, you have a different threat. You have willingness to play different players too. players who maybe aren't executing. I think a new coach brings that in. And you also heard that with Romeo Cornell talking about bringing in uh, Duke Johnson a little bit as well. So obviously they're not getting the, the success that they want to from their offensive line. And then also they're not getting, um, you know, the production out the running back game. I think they thought they would get when they traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. So when you're looking for alternatives and you're looking for ways to try to jumpstart an offense, you have to put in players who will make plays. And uh, I think you're going to see that. And I think that's why you see the level of execution from Deshaun Watson that we saw. And, and I think we'll see that moving forward this season, at least for a few games. Um, but I am excited about this Houston Texans offense in this game. I think this May, has the potential to be one of the higher scoring matchups of the week um, because I do think we'll also see Ryan Tannehill have a very successful game as well here in this uh, this matchup. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. We I think we saw the return of AJ Brown. It, yes. it felt it, it felt like Tennessee hadn't played in forever. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, like when I was I was watching him on Tuesday, I felt like man, I haven't seen Tennessee play in forever. We saw AJ Brown come back. Um, Derrick Henry, who's struggled through the front part of the season. Has been the saving grace has been his touchdowns. Um, he you can continues. ask Josh Norman how he feels about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he feels like Derrick Henry struggled because he <laughs> that was obviously all over memes, all over the internet. That that's stiff arm, but but Derrick Henry's production has gone down as far as um, average yards per carry. The saving grace has been the touchdowns, and I actually look for a huge volume from Derrick Henry in this game. Um, as you will see later on, he is in my DraftKings lineup. I will just go ahead and say it now. Um, and, and I'm not a Derrick Henry guy. I'm, a, I'm not a Derrick Henry guy. I don't think that Derrick Henry's uh, an elite back to me, but I, I like the matchup here, and I think Derrick Henry has a big game. 
One thing I want to mention beforehand is that we're also going to see the impact of these Tuesday night games being when teams are playing again on Sunday. How are they going to be doing on short rest? Because we see a lot of times with the Thursday night football that there's an impact on those games. Either they're very sloppy and they're high scoring games or sometimes they're really sloppy and they're low scoring games. So what's going to be the impact versus these fresh teams? who are basically coming off an extra two days of rest, potentially even more, um, when they're playing each other. So when we're talking about a Houston team with a little bit of extra rest versus a a short-rested Tennessee Titans team, what are we going to see moving forward with these Tuesday games and the impact on Sunday? I think we're going to find out here very soon. Uh, Yeah, especially – that's a good point. Especially the the teams that have to travel. And, you know, Tuesday's a normal off day for for most NFL teams. (laughs) Um, so there's going to be an impact there. And like you said, we'll see the first test of that, um, today. Um, next game, we're going to move on Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Obviously Joe Burrow struggled last week against, you know, that defense that we talked about it. We, we kind of, kind of warned everybody about that. And then Indianapolis comes off a loss to Cleveland and we're starting to see this, this conversation about Phillip Rivers and is he even the right guy to be quarterbacking the Colts? They have a, seem to have a solid offensive line, solid running game, solid defense. And then Phillip Rivers decides to turn the ball over every now and then and, and put his team behind the eight ball. And we saw it last week in Cleveland. Um, where do you see as far as Indianapolis is going forward? Do you see Phillip Rivers as the guy? Is there a chance we see a Jacoby Percet in the next couple of weeks? And then what are you expecting from Cincinnati here? I, I expect their offense to struggle. A.J. Green's beat up but i do like one particular receiver in cincinnati um to stand out and take a little bit more of the the opportunities there in t higgins um how are you feeling there yeah and i think uh i think with indy we are going to see struggles i think we until we see jacoby Brissett, obviously this offense isn't built for fantasy there's nothing really to like about it it sucks because jonathan taylor has obviously all the tools to be a strong back fantasy wise. And I don't think we see that until we see a quarterback that's actually a threat until they have a receiving threat on the team. And right now there really isn't, you know, especially they've been, the, the Colts have been banged up with injuries. Um, it's really affected this team. Obviously you lose a Paris Campbell, you lose uh, a draft pick, a high draft pick and Michael Pittman. And then you also have, you know, older banged up T uh, tell you why Hilton, it just, it's not making for a very fun offense for fantasy purposes. And then you also lose your starting back. Honestly, Marlon Mack was a starting back initially. You don't really get the ramp up period with Jonathan Taylor to, to understand fully the offense and protections. So it's, it's, it gets to a point with this Colts offense is when do you bail? You know, and if you do, Bill, does Jacoby Brissett come in and then light everything on fire and you're done? So you have to take a look at it and, and evaluate what you have. Are you willing to wait to wait until the Colts make a move or are you trusting uh, Philip Rivers to come back at some point? And then for the Cincinnati Bengals, this will be a fun offense one day. I'm not sure if it's this season all the way through, but this is going to be a fun offense. When you have a Joe Burrow, you got a guy like T. Higgins in there. You got uh, Joe Mixon in the backfield, obviously playing at a high level. Uh, now in the season. Uh, this is going to be a fun offense one day. Is it going to be reliable and consistent right now for fantasy? I don't think so. So I think on a week-to-week basis, you may get a Tyler Boyd have a strong game. You may get uh, Joe Burrow having a really strong game. You may get Joe Mixon having a really strong game, but you're not going to see it all together consistently for fantasy purposes. So just know that when you have these players, you're relying on them. It's going to be a mixed bag at times. Yeah, that can be frustrating. As a, as a fantasy owner, we look for consistency, trying to find which week is Cincinnati's offense or this particular player in that offense going to be the week that they make an impact can be hard to navigate. Uh, so like you said, just kind of temper your expectations. Don't you know? We know they have talent on the offensive side of the football, but it's not going to be consistent. We have to understand that um, as we move forward. And then to point out the Jacoby Brissett thing, I think it's I think the Colts have an offense that for regular football, for real football, you're like, man, ball control. You know, if you don't turn the ball over, it's fine. But for fantasy purposes, there's not a whole lot of glamour and glitz and glamour. There are not a whole lot to to get excited about. Um, I was excited about T.Y. Hilton going into this year. And then I'm watching the play and I'm like, the way their offense is set up, uh, the loss of Marley Mack, I think, hurt them more than people realize. Yeah, I know. I know everybody thought, well, Jonathan Taylor's just going to get all this volume, but he's still a rookie. Yep. And and I, I think the loss of Marlon Mack hurt and their offense just doesn't it just doesn't wow you in, in, in a fantasy perspective. And I, I think they're going to continue to struggle throughout the year. And I kind of I kind of look for, you know, if we see Philip Rivers struggle today against a Bengals defense, that's not very good. 
those conversations are going to get louder and louder about Jacoby Brissett. And yes. um, I could definitely see that happening. Agree with you 100%. I think we're so used to rookies coming in and dominating too. Like we've had the the luxury of seeing these running backs, especially a lot of generational talent coming in here in the running back position over the last few years. We're used to seeing them coming in and having success. And when you draft a CEH high, you draft a Jonathan Taylor high, it's like these rookies don't always come in and have the impact. And it's not always the names that you think of that have the strong season. So just remember that when it comes to rookie running backs and wide receivers, to sometimes temper your expectations. Yes, they have the potential of being league-altering players, but for the most part, they still rookies. They got to earn their spots. Yeah, no, no, definitely, uh, uh, definitely agree there. Now, week five is—I mean, it's still early in the season, and we've already seen head coaches flying out the door, which is crazy to me. Teams are very impatient; they're not waiting. Um, some guys were on the hot seat, kind of coming into the year. Um, another staff in Atlanta, Dan Quinn. Um, gone in Atlanta, they've continued to struggle, starting 0-5, uh, banged up Julio Jones. Um, they head to Minnesota in what I believe is going to be one of the highest-scoring fantasy matchups of the week. I think both teams are yeah. struggling defensively. Um, first, Dalvin Cook is sitting this one out, which is kind of expected. I think they look at Atlanta's team and they're like, we could probably get away with not playing Dalvin Cook this week. We have a bye next week. And then we have a big division matchup against Green Bay. Minnesota has played better lately. Um, I want you to talk about Alexander Madison and what kind of week you see him having. And then Julio Jones. I mean, everybody spends high draft capital on Julio Jones. Uh, Matt Ryan is supposed to have this great connection. Is it time to start thinking that Calvin really is the new number one in Atlanta? Yeah, and fire, fire, fire up Alexander Madison, man. He's going to have a big week. I think that they will need to, to control the ball a little bit against this Atlanta team. Um, I think that obviously Thielen's going to have a big day. Justin Jefferson has a potential to have a really big day as well. But I think Madison is who we're going to see have the really big day. Um, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons and coaching change, it might be similar to what we see in Houston. This might fire up that offense. And I think that players will be understand that they're playing for jobs with the new coach because the coach is also playing for his job, obviously. So when you talk about a Julio Jones, who is now going to be playing off, off the injury report, now expected to play, um, I do think that Julio Jones is going to finish the season out. He's obviously listed as the number one wide receiver. Calvin really is the, the wide receiver one, though, for that team. And when you start thinking about him dynasty-wise, I think that's where you have to think about, is he the wide receiver one that you want on your team? Because I'm not sure we see Matt Ryan there for the future. So, yes, this season I think Calvin Ridley obviously is the wide receiver one. But if you have dynasty stock, be careful because there may be a rookie wide receiver that comes in and takes his place, and we may see a shift with Julio even leaving as well. So just be careful with that for dynasty purposes. If you have him valued as a high wide receiver just because you see the production this year, don't count on Matt Ryan being there for the next – and maybe in a year or two there could be a switch. Yeah, there, there have been a lot of rumblings in Atlanta. Um, I know a lot of the fans are pushing on moving on from Matt Ryan um, after the struggle since the, the Super Bowl collapse. And obviously with, with Matt Ryan leaving, that definitely changes the Calvin Ridley outlook in, in a dynasty format um, if you don't have that, that next guy waiting in line um, Absolutely. In the, there in Atlanta. So we are getting news this morning. All games are on today. No postponements. It oh, looks love like it. The NFL recorded zero positive tests, so expecting for all games to happen today. So for those of you that are wondering, it looks like all games are on. Good news for the NFL. They continue to push through this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, let's keep it pushing. Let's push through these games. Denver, who, again, uh, had a game pushed back last week, heads to New England, where they will see the return of Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore to face New England. Uh, Drew Locke returns in this one. Uh, I have a lot of stock in Drew Locke in, in, in <laughs> Dynasty, in Redraft. Um, I was high on Drew Locke coming into this year. It hasn't worked out so far, the injury. I'm excited to have him back, though. Um, but Melvin Gordon, who showed up on the injury report due to an illness, is out in this one. Quote-unquote illness. Yeah. Uh, Quote-unquote illness. over. <laughs> it, it seemed to be, it seemed to be uh, perfect timing, right? He got yeah. drunk, and then he got strep throat. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. That was, that was pretty convenient. <laughs> Um, nice, nice excuse to get him out there, but, um, I'm excited about Philip Lindsay. I think new England, um, one thing they like to do is they like to take away your, your, what you like to do best. Yep. Um, 
but I think sometimes they can be susceptible against the run. I, I really like Philip Lindsay in this game. I'm firing him up in a lot of my lineups and in my, especially in my daily lineups. I think you can get him for a cheap price. Yes. Um, I, I like Philip Lindsay here. And then I'm excited to see what Cam, what Cam's uh, going to do today just to be back on the field. And I expect big things from him as well. Yeah, when you talk about a Denver offense that does not have Noah Fant right now as well, they're going to be checking the ball down. I'm sure that Belichick's going to bring pressure at times with younger quarterbacks. We tend to see that with Belichick and his design uh, plays. And obviously they had a week off as well. And so they're going to be coming in and 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 having, um, you know, I think that Cam Newton is going to come out strong game. I know he's ready to play fresh off of COVID. We'll see how his body's responding to that. Um, but I think you're also going to see these these New England receivers have a strong game as well today. You're talking about Edelman. You're talking about Nikhil Harry. Um, I think that we'll have some strong games from them as well. Uh, but on the Denver side of the football, I love Philip Lindsay. Obviously, I think that that's another player you have to have in your lineups this week. Uh, potential for 20 touches is there. And with Philip Lindsay, obviously, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, seeing as they brought in Melvin Gordon uh, to take his role. And we're going to see him. Don't forget about Royce Freeman uh, because Philip Lindsay obviously was coming off the injury, so they may not give him the full workload. If we see Royce Freeman come in and have a strong game, uh, there's a possibility that uh, Melvin Gordon may be suspended later in the year. And if Philip Lindsay, they don't want to give him the full workload. Royce Freeman is a deep, if you're in a like 16, 14 team league and you're looking for deep sleepers, Royce Freeman may be that. Yeah, um, I think Royce Freeman's the forgotten man there, right? He was yeah. you know, a year or so ago. He's the guy getting splitting the carries with Philip Lindsay. They go and sign a guy like Melvin Gordon, and all of a sudden Royce Freeman's on 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 the outside looking in. And this might give him an opportunity to prove himself again. And who knows? Like you said, with Melvin Gordon's status up in the air, possibly later in the season, uh, that could play a role. Yes. Um, well, we welcomed back Alex Smith to the NFL, which I think everybody was was excited to see, you know, ha happy for him to get back on the field. Um, probably no nobody more excited than Aaron Donald and the, the, <laughs> the and the Rams uh, defensive line because they sacked the Washington football team eight times. Um, I, you saw it in, in Alex Smith's wife's face um, as he's on the field. She's over there just cringing every time he drops back and Aaron Donald's just, you know, taking Alex to the ground. But it was good to see him out there. They head to New York to face the Giants in the battle of, I don't know, who's worse than the NFC East. Yeah. Um, Kyle Allen still named the starter. I think Ron Rivera wanted to go with the guy that's probably a little bit more comfortable still. Alex Smith still working his way back. Um, he said if Kyle Allen's healthy, Kyle Allen is the starter. We talked about this last week with the impact on Terry McLaurin. Um, I, I don't I, – I, it was hard. It was hard watching last week because I don't want to jump to conclusions based on last week with Jalen Ramsey covering – uh, McLaurin. It was a tough matchup. They couldn't. They couldn't even block anybody. Um, I'm really keeping a close eye on this matchup. Um, he's facing James Bradbury, who's been shadowing some of the the better receivers. Um, he shadowed Amari Cooper and shut Amari Cooper down. Yep. Um, and he's he's had some other games early in the season that he shadowed, and he's actually done a really nice job. So I'm really watching Terry McLaurin close this week. And then we saw Devontae Freeman had a pretty decent game against Dallas. Yeah. And he looks to have taken over the lead role in New York. Um, and I think you can fire him up in all formats. I think that's a good low, um, low risk. I think he's seeing the volume. And then again, you're going to get him for cheap on daily fantasy. So I like Devonte Freeman in this one. Yeah. And I, I definitely, um, I second that. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think that, uh, this team is, is going to be who makes less mistakes when it comes to the football. And I think both teams understand that. Um, and I, so I do think that you're going to see a lower effort from Terry McLaurin. And that's a concern that I have moving forward. Um, I think that he's a, a talented receiver, but when you have this type of offense uh, that's going to be vertically challenged, I think that we're going to see this moving forward. And for the Giants, um, I do have a lot of concerns with this Giant football team, but Devontae Freeman should have a similar type of game because that off that defensive line is going to be getting in there, and we know they're going to come hunting, and so the, the checkdowns will be there. The And he's taking over the backfield. Obviously, they signed him for that reason, uh, so he's in there. And I don't know what to expect, man, because we've been talking to Evan Ingram, and he looked like he was going to have that game last week. He had that touchdown called back last week. It looked like he was going to start to have that breakout game. Um, but he didn't really even take advantage of that matchup when we're talking overall fantasy numbers. So I'm getting a little concerned about Evan Ingram, if he's a droppable player or not. Um, we will see. But that's 
I'm not excited about this matchup fantasy wise. There's not a lot of, of stock, but I think the one player you do have to have concern for is a Terry McLaurin and expect Antonio Gibson to get the handle of the rock today too. I think that we'll see that um, in this matchup because it will be a who turns the ball over less type of matchup this week. You know, I like the Antonio Gibson talk. Anytime you bring his name up, I get excited. <laughs> um, one other person I wanted to mention, and I think he's been really more consistent than I gave him credit for, I think, the end of last year, and that's Darius Slayton. He looks to be Daniel Jones's favorite target. Um, he's definitely a, play, a big play guy, and um, I, I for his, his dynasty value, I'll speak about his dynasty value because I think redraft – um, there are a lot of guys that you're just going to have ahead of him yes. uh, due to their offense and, and the, the lack thereof. But I think going forward, I think in dynasty formats, um, I, I can see him being that guy in New York. If Daniel Jones can progress and get better, um, I think that he's going to be that guy going forward. I think Sterling Shepard's injury history is a little suspect. And then Golden Tate's obviously on the older side. You think uh, you mentioned dynasty. You think that they would build through him or you think that that's the type of player they're like, he's good. But we need to go draft some get a get a younger guy in here in the long term future. I think they have so many holes that they'll look at that receiving core and say that's a guy we can that we okay we see he can he can compete he can play we're okay there right now we don't need to spend draft capital or free agency money to go get somebody better because we have all these other holes so we're gonna spend it somewhere else. I think that's it's not that he's I don't think he's special. Right, I, I think, but I think they look at him as like, okay, he's he makes big plays, he's good enough that we don't need to invest in that position at this point in time. So the next, you know, two or three years, they have a lot of holes on defense, offensive line still an issue. Um, obviously, the defense is is has been an issue for a while. Um, I think that's more of the the conversation than it is like, hey, this guy is our future. Right, if that makes right. Sense. Okay. So maybe maybe it's a guy that you know you keep for in a dynasty format you have for a year or two get his value really high and then, and then you sell him off for, to for move him, right? Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's rare. We find in the NFL where a team is beating somebody 27 to three. And the conversation is uh, our offense is not looking like it should. And, you know, and they're blowing teams out. They're playing well. The only loss on the season is to Kansas city and that's Baltimore. Um, yeah. They, they head to Philadelphia. Everybody knows what I feel about Philadelphia and Carson Wentz, but I mean, the are the conversations legit? Lamar Jackson only threw for 180 yards last week against a Bengals defense that's not very good. Um, two touchdowns, one pick. He's not running the ball. Two attempts for three yards, which is yeah. very different than what we're used to seeing from him. What's going on with the Baltimore offense? Can we expect it to improve? Um, is this a spot we can see improvement in, or are we still going to wait another week and say, hey, we still don't know what's going on in, in Baltimore? There's been a lot of concern and talk about Concerns for this offense and concern for for throwing the football for the Ravens, and I'm not sure that it's all justified. Um, but what I am, what I do think is justified is there there are concerns and whispers about Lamar Jackson not being 100. percent We saw him coming into this season um, listed as questionable. There was injuries before the season started, and then over the last week, he missed. Uh, he missed a, a practice and, you know, there was concerns about him missing. He's like, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm good to go. And he seems like the type of player to just shoulder it even when he's hurt. And I think be the best option for that team, even at 75%. I think we are, we are not seeing a healthy Lamar Jackson and there's something going on there, um, with him. And so that's why I think he's not running the football. They're not throwing it. They're, they're leaning on the run game a lot more and we're not seeing the effectiveness, the explosiveness, that we're used to seeing out of this offense. So uh, until he starts running the football, which is the bread and butter of this, of this team, if until he starts running the football, I think we're going to see the struggles because teams are going to challenge. They're going to challenge him to throw. They're going to challenge him to make plays. And unfortunately right now, those aren't the plays that he's making. He's not making the winning throws. So when you're, when your best option, only option is a Mark Andrews, that's tough. And moving over to the Philly side of, of the football, um, you know, when you're talking Carson Wentz, Really, there's really no receiving threats on this team, man. We've seen a really huge decline from from Zach Ertz. All their receiving options are banged up, and so I'm not I'm not sure that it's fair to completely write off any of these fantasy talents from the Eagles right now. They don't look good, obviously, but I'm not sure that it's fair to write them off because there really is not a lot of talent on this team that's available right now, healthy. So are are you not are you not aboard the Travis Fulgham train? <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of people are saying he's going to be a thing. 
Man. Even even when they get healthy, a lot of people are saying he's going to be a thing. I I seem to be – I'm kind of on your side. I think it's just an in-the-moment. Didn't we see this last year with Greg Ward towards front, the end of the front year? Front runners, man. The fantasy, the fantasy community is full of front runners. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. You see, uh, you see one or two good weeks, and it's like, oh my god, he's he's going to be the next big thing. Um, yeah. I do, I do like the one consistent player. I think, and maybe they don't give him enough touches. It's Miles Sanders. Um, yeah, he, he's obvi- He's got the talent. We saw two touchdowns last week, 80 yards, but he's still not getting the the volume of carries that I would anticipate. Maybe it's because they're playing from behind. Um, I think a lot of it is just trying to put it on Carson Wentz too much, and I think they need to rely a little bit more on their run game. But their offensive line's been banged up uh, a lot. So I would expect in this game, I would expect uh, Miles Sanders to get a lot of work. It's going to be tough against that Baltimore's defense, who yeah. year after year just consistently is is they put a product on the field that's that's just hard to match. And I would expect Philly to come in, try to run the ball, control the clock. Um, and I, I kind of expect a low-scoring game in this one. I, I'm worried about Baltimore's run game. I'm, I'm worried yeah. about, you know, we talked about, Lamar Jackson running the ball, but it's all of them. It's it's the the Mark Ingrams, it's the Gus Edwards, it's the J.K. Dobbins. We anticipated this offense being electrifying, and like you said, they just haven't made these electrifying plays that we're used to. And I'm gonna say it. I, I was gonna bring this up when we talked about Detroit, but I'm sick and tired of these teams that are hanging on to these old ass backs. Yeah, and not letting these young guys that they've spent draft capital on get the work. I, the J.K. Dobbins, the DeAndre Swifts. We saw this in Jacksonville. We saw Jacksonville say, you know what, Leonard Fournette, you've been a good running back, but we got young guys that are making plays in practice. We're not going to pay you. We're not, you know, we're not going to spend that money on you, and we're going to let them take over. And we've seen a James Robinson come in and be successful. I'm, I'm still waiting for Baltimore to say, J.K. Dobbins, it's your job. Like, take over. Because Mark, Mark Ingram's he's serviceable, but he's not special. Adrian Peterson serviceable, but where are you actually going? I mean, what are you looking for? And, you know, it might be a little bit different in Baltimore situation because they're a playoff team. They're contending um, that, that veteran presence there, but I'm yeah, just, you got the vets there. You got the vets there. And, and I think that everybody's kind of earned their spot. They've earned a right to keep their spot. And I think with Baltimore, um, you are going to see that you're going to see Mark Ingram there for the rest of the year. You're going to see this be a learning year for JK Dobbins. He looks like the more explosive back to be honest, even Gus Edwards, when he comes in there, looks like he, ha- he brings some explosion to that offense, man. But when you do not have Lamar Jackson running the football, it negates it all, man. It, it really does. And I think that that's where they're, they are struggling, and you mentioned uh, that with Detroit, dude. Um, I can't wait to talk about that. Oh my goodness, man! And that's I my so, guy. AP is my guy. I you get so that. I get so frustrated. I I I literally yell at my yell at the TV screen every week. I see it. I'm just <laughs> so frustrating. Um, yeah, I got I got a big day for Baltimore here, though. I think Baltimore actually has a big day. I think Lamar actually throws the ball well today, um, and I'm looking for big days from Mark Andrew and Hollywood Brown. Um, hopefully it happens. We'd love to see it. We shall see. All right. Um, staying in that division could be considered the game of the week. I, I never thought I would say this, but Cleveland goes to Pittsburgh. Yes. And we talked about your boy Chase Claypool last week. It's um, I I like the spot here. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I like the spot again, and I know it's not. It's not everybody wants to use the guy a week after he blows up, right? It's like Obviously. oh, let's Obviously. pick him up on waivers, and now he's gonna do it again. But I really think that he's going to carry that over to this week. Deontay Johnson is out. Um, we we've seen him banged up. I think they looked at him, and I think they're gonna. It's gonna be hard for them to go away from what Chase Claypool gave. Now, yes, what people fail to realize is what he did last week is unheard of. The percentage of snaps and routes he actually ran were weren't very many. It wasn't like he was a guy that was just. But when he was on the field, it was like, we got to get him the ball. And they went yes. to him time after time, and he produced. So I like Chase Claypool. Give um, I, me all the Claypool. I all know. All the Claypool you can handle, man. Wide receiver one for the rest of the season. Low whoa, end. whoa, wide whoa. one for the rest of the season. Low end wide receiver one. Chase Claypool. If somebody does not value him at low end wide receiver one, go get him. And it's not because he's going to put up 15 points every single week. But it's because if he ha- if you have him in your lineup, you know they're going to get him the rock, and you know he has potential to win you a week. It's the same thing we saw with Martavis Bryant, the exact same thing, low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. If you do not have him valued at that or the person that has him, 
does not have him valued at that, go get him because this guy is going to change your lineup. Now, I'm not just saying that because I have invested stock in him and I and I talked him up last week. I but just think you broke the internet. Your lineup. You might have just broke the internet. Hot take. <laughs> he said wide receiver one rest of the season. Man, I I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I the reason why, man, is because this is going to be an explosive offense. He's off. He's also had his bye week, which is which is very important when you start talking buys. You start talking fantasy. He's a big player, and Ben always always relies on his bigger, faster receivers. And you can see with last week, he almost had five touchdowns. And with the way that they're wanting to get him involved in this in this offense. You know that, okay, he has the potential for four touchdowns. They've seen it already. They're going to continue to go to the well. Obviously, teams are going to strategize against that, and Deontay Johnson is going to come back to this lineup at some point. But when you know you have a threat like that to score on any play, you got to get him opportunities. Chase Claypool, get him in your lineups. Get him off these waivers. I don't. He should be 100% on at this point. Um, you, you spoke about rest of season value. I want to talk about dynasty value because – Juju Smith-Schuster, who was considered the replacement for Antonio Brown, um, his average depth of target over the past couple of weeks has been like four yards. Um, it looks like it looks like he went from big play Juju to just a kind of possession, get a first down Juju. And I don't know that they have any real motivation now to keep him um, when he when his contract is up. And now that you're looking at Chase Claypool, who looks like a number one receiver, like a legit yes. star. Um, we may see Juju on the outside uh, in, this, in this Pittsburgh offense, and Chase Claypool could be the guy that actually turns into the quote-unquote Antonio Brown role. Yeah, we'll see it. And, and you know a lot of these teams like to run hot. And with receivers in Pittsburgh, man, it's like they, they churn out receivers year in and year out. It's somebody different. There's somebody there. And, and Ben tends to lean on one guy for, for the year, and you could see it early on. Um, that they're designing plays for him. They're, they're trying to get him involved, kind of like what you saw uh, out of this Browns team with Odell when he was having that slow start, man. You, you saw that they're designing plays, trying to give him the football, get him in creative spaces. And to be honest, I kind of like what the Cleveland Browns are doing right now offensively. Uh, you mentioned this being one of the highest scoring matchups, and I can definitely see that. Um, I think this is a big day for the offense. Obviously, Odell Beckham had the illness and so we'll have to see if he's fully there. But I like what this offense is going to do. Um, so, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think that's a fire-up moment. I think you can put him in your lineups, feel comfortable. He's going to get you two, three scores uh, in this game because they're going to have to score in order to keep up. So Baker Mayfield, uh, for me, I think is a strong play here in this Cleveland game. Yeah, we see Ste uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense uh, that he brought over from Minnesota. Um, just a play-action passing game. It's, it's going to make Bay Baker Mayfield better, and I like that as well. We have a comment here. Let's get it in. I know we have our time dedicated at the end, but let's get it in here before we even had a chance to talk about it. Firefighter1526 mentioned, I have Kelsey at tight end, but who should I flex out? Juju, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, or George Kittle? Man, those are some options there. Aaron, you know, that's, that's a tough decision to make. You got four stud players who can fit in there. Chris Godwin obviously coming off of an injury. Who do you have in that last position? It's PPR league. Um, I, if, if I was flexing this week, I would be concerned that Chris Godwin's coming off an injury. Um, I, I'm not the type of person that just wants straight off an injury, especially a soft tissue injury. You know, one wrong step, he could be right back on the sidelines. I actually see a huge game from George Kittle tonight. I yeah. think it's a bounce back game. I think two we weeks said that last week too. We have to review that lineup. Um, we did, yeah, I did. I did. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a bounce back game for the 49ers. If Jimmy Garoppolo is actually healthy, I think it's a bounce back game for George Kittle. I am staying away from Juju. I don't think the target share is there um, with Chase Claypool there, and Big Ben likes to spread it around. Um, I, I'm just concerned about his. I'm concerned about his uh, his long-term value going forward. And in yeah. this matchup, I don't really like it. I would flex either Robert Woods or George Kittle. I'm leaning towards George Kittle, but the Niners' secondary was bad last week. Um, and Miami took advantage of it. I I'm going to go Robert Woods here. I'm going to go Robert Woods. I think it's close. I'm going to go Robert Woods against the 49ers' secondary. Um, 
but but I think you stay away from Juju and Godwin this week. Yeah, and I think uh, so. Robert Woods obviously would probably be my pick as well. And I'm actually going to go a different direction. I am going to go Chris Godwin. I think if you were going to have to pick out of two players, mine would be Chris Godwin. I think that Aaron Rat that Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady matchup is going to be a competitive battle. Both of those guys want to win. Both of those guys are going to be showing out. And Mike Evans isn't all the way healthy either. So when you're talking about who's healthier out of Godwin and, and Mike Evans. One of those guys is going to have to get a, uh, more of the target share, more of the catches. And I bank on Chris Godwin being more available than Mike Evans actually at this point, just to be honest. So good question, Firefighter1526. Appreciate you uh, tuning into Lineup Setters. Yes, sir. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. We have uh, – let's move on. We got Chicago and Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater against Nick Foles. Um, I'm not going to say Nick Foles' name anymore after this. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about Robbie Anderson last week and DJ yeah. Moore, and they both had decent games. We still saw most of the target share going to Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore did have a big play, but I'm 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 ready to say it. Robbie Anderson's the number one number one receiver. Hundred percent agree in Carolina, and I think that's the that's the case going forward. Um, Chicago. I want to talk about David Montgomery. This this is a guy that coming out of. Uh, College, I think he got a lot of hype. Everybody was talking about how good he was going to be. I've been very underwhelmed. And in most formats that I've had David Montgomery, I'm looking to sell. Whether it's Dynasty, I'm just looking to sell all shares. I don't think he's special. And I think in a year or so, you're going to see a new running back in Chicago, regardless of, you know, wherever they find him from. I was surprised we didn't see Le'Veon Bell in Chicago, man. I thought that was going to be an automatic move. And obviously that wasn't direct. He's looking to win a Super Bowl. And so that's not the direction he was looking ahead in, but I thought for sure they would make a move there. And yeah, I think that when you just, you have to temper expectations when you have players and you realize, okay, they're not either who you drafted them to be, or maybe they're not going to meet expectations. Some players just don't have a high ceiling. And I don't think David Montgomery is a player that has a high ceiling. Is he a running back too? Yes. Is he a strong flex? Yes. And if you have him as that, I think you have him valued the right way. So with certain players, you're like, man, they have potential to be this. They have potential to be that. And there's other players you stick in your lineup and you're like, you know what? He's going to give me 10, 15 points. I'm cool with that. You have to be okay with living the fact that you have that and there's no real uh, room for growth and he has a pretty high floor. So for me, David Montgomery is a player you stick in your lineup. He's going to get you two catches a game. He's going to get you 60 to 100 yards a game, may get you a score. You got to just live with it. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good point on him. Um, Detroit travels to Jacksonville. We talked about it. I know you want to talk about AP. And how you feel there. Yes. Um, I want to talk about LaVisca Chenault. I think he is looking like a, a star in, in Jacksonville yeah. that's just brewing. They're using him in, in multiple ways. Um, obviously, they wanted to make the the offense more, more versatile um, by letting Fournette go and getting more people involved and kind of airing it out. And we've seen that with Gardner Minshew. He's been very successful from a fantasy perspective. He's throwing the rock all over the field. What are your thoughts about LaVisca Chanel? And then talk about AP. Let me know. What, what are you feeling about AP? You know how I feel. I yeah. love the man, but he's old. Where's DeAndre Swift? I'm waiting. Yeah, Chanel, man. I love how they use him all over different uh, different positions, just like he was in college. He's Swiss Army Knife, and it's those guys are high floor guys as well. So when you're talking about LaVisca Chanel in your fantasy lineup, you know that he's going to touch the rock at least five to six times a game. Got to keep him in your lineups. And the upside is there. We haven't even seen him score a touchdown yet. So he hasn't even had really a true breakout game. And he's still getting between 10 to 15 points every week when it comes to PPR. So if you have LaVisca Chenault, be prepared because there will be a breakout game. And uh, I'm not sure that he's not the best wide receiver that Jacksonville has right now. DJ Shark, he's good, but he's really inconsistent. And he's been hurt this year. You know, I'm not sure that we have the year that we're expecting. A lot of people are expecting him to be a, a top-end wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver one. I don't see it. I, I think that's more of a wide receiver three type of play uh, when it comes to consistency. And so when you're talking about a Jacksonville team that needs a spark, that's going to be looking at options as the season moves forward, you got to talk about LaVisca Chanel being that guy that they're looking to get the most explosive uh, plays out of. And then the Lions, man. Uh, coming off of a bye week, I think it's time. I think that they're going to end up moving away from AP, and it could be as soon as this week. I think we see DeAndre Swift because that offense needs something, and AP does not have it. He, he's out of gas, man. It's and AP does he want to save his job? Do, I mean, does, does Matt Patricia want to save his job? Because it, if he doesn't, he's going to keep running AP. He's going to keep running AP. He's going to keep getting the same results. 
And the, you, you draft a guy like Swift in the second round. It's like, man, come, you got to play him. You got to see what he has at this point. There's nothing to lose, and you're playing for your job. You might as well go with something else, and we'll see coming off this bye week. You might even see him in my DK lineup here. DeAndre oh, Swift. DeAndre Swift might be that guy. We might be talking about Chase Claypool round two next hey, week. I like that. I got DeAndre Swift all over the board. There you we, go. We got another question coming in from Fantasy Football 1012. Uh, Justin, he's asking, Jamison Crowder or A.J. Brown flex PPR? I, I think this is – I think this is close. Yeah. I, I think this is real close. I, I I don't talk about the Jets much. Jamison Crowder is the one player on the Jets you can talk about. He's been consistent. Um, he's getting a huge target share. I'm actually going A.J. Brown in this one. I liked what I saw Tuesday. I like the way they used him. I think he's getting healthier, and he's going against a Houston defense that is struggling. Um, I, I like A.J. Brown in this one. I would go A.J. Brown. What say you, Justin? This is a classic example of evaluating your team as well, because when you talk about players, uh, you know, it's easy to throw questions and look at uh, somebody else's rankings, right? You're looking at Yahoo rankings, you're looking at ESPN rankings, you're looking at the DraftKings prices to kind of gauge value on who you should play. This is a classic example of evaluating your team. If your team has a lot of players with inconsistent players in the lineup, this is a classic example of putting in a Jamison Crowder and making sure you get guaranteed points and having a higher floor. If your team needs, if your team is a little bit lower, you're playing somebody who has a potential for a blow up week and you're like, man, I need to take a chance on a super high week. I think you're putting in an AJ Brown who has the chance to have a more of a blow up week, but then also has a lower floor than what Jamison Crowder is going to provide. So take evaluation of your own team. We're going to provide you a lot of advice. But take evaluation of your own team. If you have a lower floor, my play in this would be Jamison Crowder. But I think evaluate your team and know what you need in order to win your week. Yeah, the upside's definitely probably on the A.J. Brown side. And like you said, if you're looking for more consistently consistency in a PPR league, Jamison Crowder, you know he's going to get the targets. He's going to get you five, six catches, 60, 70 yards, no matter what, um, on the low end. Um, and yes, Hatch Thunder, you're completely right. DeAndre Swift is much more explosive than Adrian Peterson. Um, <laughs> We're going to get through a couple of these games here pretty quickly. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Jets go to Miami. Um, I want to talk about Miles Gaskin. He is starting to see take over in that backfield. He has the talent. Um, the one thing I've been most impressed was early in the season, we saw Jordan Howard getting goal line work. And the last 20, 20 snaps in the, in the red zone, uh, Miles Gaskin has been there. It's not been Jordan Howard any longer. I think Miles Gaskin is seeing a very consistent workload. Um, he's getting 20-plus touches a game. 70% of the timeshare. Uh, Miles Gaskin, to me, going forward is is a thing. Yeah, I was concerned about LVB going there, too. And I think they have full trust in Miles Gaskin. And uh, sometimes, you know, we talked about Dynasty a while ago. I, I had a chance to actually watch a lot of Miles Gaskin when I was working at Pro Football Focus. And he was a player that stuck out to me on tape. And so when you're talking about players on tape, sometimes you have to trust the process because they brought in Matt Breida, they brought in Jordan Howard, and you're seeing the best of the talent kind of surface. So when you're looking at Dynasty, uh, always be ready to evaluate your talent and trust that the talent will play out at the end. Um, and for these for these daily teams as well, um, I think we may be seeing a Tua sighting here sh sooner than later. So be prepared if Tua's on your waiver wire. And that's the kind of player that if he gets hot and they use him the right way, can be a QB one because he'll be mobile and he'll be able to move on his feet. So be prepared if Tua comes in and they use him. You know, it's be prepared because that hard. could be a league changer. It's hard because I, I thought that last week, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick lights up the 49ers, and then he gets the Jets this week. He's probably gonna yeah. light up the Jets this week. We might have to wait a couple more weeks before we see that Tua sighting. But I, I, I agree with you. I think it's coming. We might. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and I, as long as they're winning. That, but I still, think you, I still think they get them in there at some point this year. You have to. Yeah, I, I think they're winning right now, So they, and they're still kind of in the hunt. I think that a lot of that plays into it. Um, but definitely going forward, we'll, we'll see Tua get in there some point this season. Um, Green Bay goes to Tampa Bay, another game that everybody's got their eyes on. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Uh, Tom Brady struggled last week against Nick Foles' uh, Chicago Bears. Um, Devontae Adams is back, and I think that's going to be big to an already explosive Green Bay offense. 
Um, Tampa Bay has been really good. Their front seven has been really good against the run. I look for a big day from Devontae Adams. And then, like you said, who's going to stand out between Godwin and Evans with Evans being banged up? And then Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has Ronald another Jones. opportunity to take uh, take stranglehold of that backfield with Leonard Fournette being kind of banged up, and they're not sure how much he's going to be used. Yeah, and just to keep things moving, I'll give a play from each side. I like Robert Tanyan in this matchup too. I think Devontae Adams is going to you know, he'll be back healthy, but he'll have to work his way on the field. And obviously Rodgers and Tanyan have some type of special relationship going in there. Baby Kittle is what they're calling him. If you got the Baby Kittle nickname, there was a Baby Gronk nickname at one point. You got the Baby Kittle nickname – Fire him up. So Robert Tanyan, I think, is a is a good play there. And then also on the other side of the football, I do think we see a lot of Chris Godwin today because they're going to have to – I think there's going to be a little mano-a-mano matchup between Brady and Rodgers. Both want to show that they still got it. Both want to show that they're still elite. And when you're talking Mike Evans and Godwin, it's probably a coin flip on both sides who's going who's gonna to be a stud. But I think they look to get Godwin back involved in this offense, even coming after the injury that he had. One thing to note, Mike Evans, most targeted receiver inside the red zone. Um, and it's like, they're like, what, five, six for six. They, when they throw it yeah, to him in the end zone, he's scoring touchdowns. So, which is uh, what we like from Mike Evans. A lot of the two yard, three yard variety, man. Yeah. They're, they're definitely getting him in the end zone. The Rams go to San Francisco where the Niners are zero and three on the year at home. Um, this is an, uh, this is an important week for the 49ers. I think it's yeah. a, it's, it's, it's one that they're going to have to come out and show out to show everybody. They don't have that Super Bowl hangover. It's important for Jimmy Garoppolo to improve on his play. Cause last week he struggled coming off that ankle injury. Um, we could see Raheem Mostert back. Yes. Um, so it looks like they're starting to get healthy. Um, is that going to translate into wins? Who knows? But from a fantasy perspective, I think it's going to help. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo getting Raheem Mostert back, getting some of the offensive weapons back. Debo another week in the offense, healthy. Um, Kittle, I, I think Kittle has a big day here. And then what is the Rams' backfield going to look like this week? So we saw Sean McVay said he's trying to get Cam Akers more involved all of a sudden now yeah. after Daryl Henderson looked to be the guy. Uh, what do you make of that backfield, and what do you do as a fantasy owner with that backfield? We talked about how much this might be a struggle moving forward, and I think we're going to see that. It'll be the hot hand, and the hot hand in fantasy means a void, uh, honestly, because until there's one established player, it's tough to trust somebody in your lineup that may only see five carries, that may only see five touches. That's that's a tough pill to swallow if you're trying to win a fantasy week, especially right now with buys. Um, you got a lot of bye weeks coming up, and we're coming into the season where players are hurt. And so you need production out of these players, and it's tough to trust the hot hand strategy. So unfortunately, uh, Rams running backs right now, I try to avoid them if possible. And then moving over to the other side of the football, don't give up on this 49ers team. Uh, this 49ers team is obviously they struggle, but these injuries are playing a part, and you can tell. Uh, but when you're starting to get a Debo Samuel back, you're getting Raheem Mostert back, you're starting to get some of this talent back on this team. It's going to take a minute for Jimmy Garoppolo to get back in a groove, but don't give up on your players that you invested draft capital in and know that they're probably going to perform better. This team will perform better, and I think we may even see it on Sunday night, even though they're going up against a tough Rams uh, defensive line. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited actually to watch that game. I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, good good Sunday night game there. Two Monday night games, we have uh, Kansas, Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, the game got pushed back to Monday night. Uh, we talked about Le'Veon Bell and kind of his impact in Kansas City. Not much to say about their team other than Sammy Watkins is out this week, so we could see an increase or an uptick usage of Miko Hardman yep. or even a Demarcus Robinson maybe. Yep. Um, and then Buffalo, I want to talk about Devin Singletary. He's kind of been lackluster lately, and I had high hopes for him coming into the year. And then um, just a disappointing performance from Josh Allen and that whole Buffalo team. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll see how they rebound, you know, off of a short week, obviously, as well. Um, but actually, their week will be a little bit longer because of playing Monday night, obviously. Um, but I do think that this has shootout potential as well. I think that this feels like a must-win game for Buffalo. I feel like this feels like a must-win game for KC. So we're going to see the best out of these teams, and it could be a high-scoring game as well. Uh, I like Stephon Diggs in this matchup. I don't think it's the most matchup friendly as far as corner, you know, versus a cornerback or anything like that. But this has the look of like, hey, we need to score points. This is a must win game. Um, and I, I'm not sure I like the way Devin Singletary is running the ball. And I don't think they really have too many options because Zach Moss can't stay on the field either. So um, I think we see a strong game from Stephon Diggs. And obviously, like you said, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We know what, what to expect from them, and hopefully we'll see a strong effort from CEH here tonight, or on Monday as well. Yeah, the turf toe for Zach Moss. 
is going to be something to watch. Um, he has get, he is getting healthier, and it'll be interesting to see how they use him going forward because I think they want Zach Moss to be a thing. And, I think so too. Um, it, we could see that. And then the final game of the week, Dallas, Arizona. It's only fitting. I cried. Um, you losing Dak Prescott, not not just from a uh, being a Cowboy fan, but just being a football fan. When you watch a guy, yeah. when you watch the reactions, and I talked about this on my sideline to sideline podcast. When you see the reaction of the players around the league and the guys on the field when a player like that goes down, you see the respect that he garnered, and um, I, I I think just that's just a huge impact. Uh, so we wish him well. But does Andy Dalton able to take the reins and produce at the same level or similar level? And do you downgrade any of the receivers? Um, that's what I want to talk about most. Do you downgrade any of the receivers? Um, well, I'm going to let you actually take the reins on that. Since this is your team, Dallas Cowboys are your team. Um, let you take the rein on the Dallas side of the football. I think that's we're going to see a lot more of a run-oriented team coming out of Dallas. Um, I'll let you talk about who you like on that side of the football. But I'm going to talk about Arizona because I think that uh, this is going to be an explosive week for this offense. I think we're going to see a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to see a big game from Kyler Murray. And don't sleep on Chase Edmonds. I think they're not seeing what they want to see uh, coming from that backfield. And so when you're talking about players like Kenyon Drake potentially slipping, I think there was a couple weeks ago where I said, hey, this might be a guy you target. I'm starting to think the opposite. This might be a guy you want to get rid of and looking at Chase Edmonds to be the potential replacement. But big game from a lot of Cardinals, even Christian Kirk. I think he might be a strong flex play this week. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is seeing most of the target share now in the backfield, which is – which is concerning for Kenyon Drake. Um, so I agree. They're going to they're gonna do whatever they want against Dallas. It's terrible <laughs> defense. But for the Dallas side, I agree with you on the, the run heavy. I think we're going to run a little bit more um, and then kind of work in the play action. But as far as the receivers, I'll be honest, I, I'm not downgrading them too much. And the main reason I'm not downgrading them too much is because we're only going to be able to run so much. We're going to be playing from behind a lot. The defense is bad. And the offensive line is not very good. And, you know, we can try to start a game where we're running Zeke early, but it's going to be some point in time where we're now down 14-3. We're now down, you know, 17-7. And they're going to have to say, Andy Dalton, drop back and throw the ball. And I think – so I'm not moving the needle too much on the guys like Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Amari Cooper, at least not yet. I'm not ready to say that. We, We saw what Andy Dalton did, you know, coming in the game. We were behind. He dropped back. He threw the ball. He made plays. Um, I think it's going to be very similar just because the defense is just that bad. But Dalton Schultz, get rid of him, man. Andy Dalton's yeah. never been a tight end guy. Yeah, no, um, a- absolutely. I agree there. I think the Dalton Schultz train that uh, Dak was kind of building with is gone. So I- I'm off on Dalton Schultz as well. I actually just traded him in a dynasty league. So, so did I. <laughs> just because I-, I-, I didn't want to deal with it. All right, well, it's time. I know you're trying to avoid these DK lineups. Let's get to nope, these DK it's time. lineups. Talk about last week. What no, happened last week? It's time, but uh, we was trying to get through last week, trying to avoid yeah. talking. No, <laughs> um, honestly, last week you uh, you put together uh, one hell of a lineup. Um, you you destroyed me by like 50 points. Yeah. Obviously, your standouts uh, being um, – oh, it's not loading here. Last week, I, had, I, I remember last there, week? you know, I talked Clay Plenty and put him in the lineup. I wanted something a little more consistent, but having DK and Thielen do what they did along with Mike Davis, man, for me, that was a big push. And I think you had a couple duds as well. I started Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Oh, it was it was bad. And I started Dontrell Inman and DJ Shark and Dan Arnold man. got me nothing. It, I, hey, hey, I hope you guys didn't listen to me last week. <laughs> I can't win them all, but can't win I think them all. this week, um, I'm loving the lineup. That I got set for you. I think this is a big week for me. And I think the running back is where the running back position this week is where you can find a lot of value. I uh, started off with Kyler Murray, fired him up in the lineup. I think that's going to be a really strong play this week. Uh, Philip Lindsay in my running back spot, $4,300. I thought that was a steal for a starting running back this week, even going against New England. $4,500. I got DeAndre Swift in the lineup. I'm expecting a little bit of an uptick in carries from him moving forward. Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver position on Monday night. I think that that's a strong uh, position for him coming into Monday night football. And also another Monday night guy, DeAndre Hopkins, paid up for the top wide receiver in DK. I think he has a very strong effort. And Allen Robinson at the third wide receiver slot. I think he has a strong rapport with Nick Foles, and we will see that moving forward. Robert Tanyan, I mentioned baby Kittle. And when you can get baby Kittle, 
for almost $2,000 off of Kittle price. I think you can stick him in there. Robert Tanyan is in the lineup. And I got sleeper Duke Johnson in at the flex position. Romeo Cornell mentioned getting him the ball a little bit more. I want to see it. And then last, if you have an opportunity to get a defense under $3,000, it's going up against the Jets. You got to do it. So Miami Dolphins it is. All right. Sounds like an average lineup going against Oh, my, man. I left, I left one guy out. There's one guy I know you have in your lineup, and I left him out because I knew you had him in your lineup. I was like, let me just keep him out, even though I think he's going to be – he might even be one of the top players this week. Oh, you know I have him in my lineup, huh? Okay. Absolutely. All right. I started off – honestly, I went the Tennessee connection. I went Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown. Uh, Tannehill okay. was 5,900. I just like the matchup against Houston. I do too. Um, I got A.J. Brown at 5,600. I like the upside there. Um, I started Zeke. I think I think they're going to, again, start with the run heavy. I got him for 8,100, obviously. Miles Gaskin um, is my running back play at 5,400. Um, I went Kenny Galladay against uh, Jacksonville for 6,200. Okay. I went Tyreek Hill against Buffalo. At seventy one hundred, so I spent we'll Diggs and Tyreek on Monday, and then um, my other receiver was T Higgins. I like the matchup there with the Colts. I think that um, the Colts have been really good defensively, but I got him for forty seven hundred. I thought that was a pretty good price. And then I went Tyler Croft at tight end. I was trying to I, I used whatever I could at tight end. That was my least uh, valuable position. Um, Dawson Knox is out, so I figured, hey, let's get a tight end in there for twenty eight hundred dollars. And you then I went this last name that I think you're not thinking. No, that's of. it. And then I picked the Colts defense, and that's it. Four thousand oh, wow. for the Colts defense. No Alexander Madison. I thought for sure nope. that was happening. No Alexander Madison. Another we both great episode. Contrarian. Hey, I'm telling you, you should have picked him. Um, <laughs> another good week in the books for everybody that's watching. Thank you for joining us. The lineup setters here every Sunday, uh, six a.m. Pacific time. Get those lineups in. Win your leagues. Win your weeks. For Justin Henry and Aaron Mukes. Justin Henry, you can catch me on also Just Hoop Talk. If you're into basketball, Just Hoop Talk's another podcast. We are on uh, YouTube, all streaming platforms. That's right. Sideline to Sideline on YouTube and uh, Spotify as well. Sideline to Sideline, the podcast, um, Aaron Mukes. So with that, another episode in the books. Peace out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.